dun 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 dun. This is Bakker thrown in. Dun a Bakker thrown in. I'm getting, I'm losing creativity here on this, everyone. I don't, I need someone else to maybe come up with a new thing. Or maybe I could do it myself. I don't know. Welcome back, everyone. It's great to have you here. We are breaking down season six, episode four, which is the book of strange or whatever it's called. Let's get into the Wikipedia recap. At the wall, John released from the Night's Watch by his death states his desire to head south as he is disillusioned by the betrayal of his fellow Night's Watchmen and tried Tired of endless fighting, Sansa, Brienne, and Podrick arrive at Castle Black, and Sansa is reunited with John. After telling each other their story, Sansa tries to convince John to help her retake Winterfell. However, John is still reluctant to fight. Frustrated, Sansa declares that John that she will take back Winterfell whether he helps her or not. Meanwhile, Brienne confronts Davos and Melisandre and informs him that she killed Stannis to avenge Renly. She warns Davos and Melisandre that even though that was in the past, she does not forget or forgive. Sometime later, a letter from Ramsay to John arrives. Ramsay boasts that he has Rakan in his custody and demands Sansa's return, threatening to have the Bolton army exterminate the Wildlings, kill Rakan, and gang rape Sansa while forcing John to watch before they kill him. John agrees to help Sansa retake Winterfell. When Tormund warns him that the Wildlings are outnumbered by Ramsay's army, Sansa points out that John can use the status of son of Eddard Stark to unite the North against Ramsay. In Winterfell. Osha is brought before Ramsay, who asks her why she was helping Rickon. Osha claims that she intended to betray Rickon and attempts to seduce Ramsay while reaching for a nearby knife. However, Ramsay tells her that he is aware Osha used a similar ruse to escape Theon and stabs her in the neck, killing her. In King's Landing, Marjorie is brought to meet the High Sparrow, who warns her to stay away from her life of riches and sin and recounts his past of how, as a proud cobbler, he learned his wealth-guided pursuits were lies and that he was a shoeless poor and that the shoeless poor were closer to the truth than anyone. He then takes Marjorie to see Loras, who is breaking under Sparrow's torture and is willing to do anything to make it stop. Marjorie realizes that the High Sparrow is trying to use Loras to break her and tells him to remain strong. Cersei meets with Tommen, who brings up the High Sparrow. Tommen is reluctant to provoke him, but Cersei says he is dangerous because he has no respect for the crown. Tommen tells Cersei that Marjorie's Walk of Atonement will happen soon. Cersei relays the information to Kevan and Olena. Olena is horrified and pledges her army to defeat the sparrows. Kavan, is it Kevin or Kavan? I don't know. Some stupid, probably Kavan is bound by Tommen not to attack the sparrows, but is swayed when Cersei points out that there is also no order to defend the sparrows from Olena's army and that he can have a son, Lancel, back once the sparrows are defeated. In the veil, Littlefinger shows up, all right? Um, and asks how Sans, and then Lord. Royce, some dude, I don't know, never seen him before, asks how Sansa became married to Ramsay instead of traveling to the Fingers. Littlefinger claims Roose Bolton's been kidnapped her and implies that Royce informed him of the, destina of the destination. He manipulates Robin into considering executing Royce, then into giving him a second chance after he pledges his absolute loyalty. Littlefinger, uh, Littlefinger then tells Robin that Sansa, his cousin, has escaped the Boltons and is taking refuge at Castle Black, but that she is still not safe. Robin agrees to command Royce to lead the Knights of the Vale to protect her. On the Iron Islands, Theon returns to Pike, reunites with Yara. She has not forgiven Theon for not coming home with her after the costly assault on Dreadfort and accuses Theon of returning to take advantage of Balon's death to seize the throne. Theon insists he only heard of the news after landing and promises he will not. Instead, supports Yara's claim as the king's Kingsmont. In Marine. Despite Grey Worm Missandei's objections, Tyrion arranges a diplomatic meeting with representatives from Astapor, Yunkai, and Volantis. 
He promises a deal, allowing the city seven years to transition away from slavery while compensating the masters for any losses. In return, the masters will cease their support for the sons of the harpy. As the representatives deliberate, Tyrion is confronted by the former slaves, a marine, who oppose any kind of negotiation with the masters. Grey Worm and Vasande reluctantly support Tyrion, but in private they warn him that the masters with whom they are both familiar will use him if he tries to use them. And in Vas doth rock. Jorah and Dario arrive uh, and hide their weapons but they're for, uh, as they're forbidden in the city, but in the process, Jorah accidentally reveals his greatest scale infection to Dario. They encounter Daenerys. Uh, Daenerys knows it is impossible due to the 100... Uh, they try to sneak out, but Daenerys knows it's impossible. Instead, she tells him the different plan, and they're going to help her. Later that night, Danny goes in there, and she uh, <laughs> gathered calls in the ta- uh, temple to hear her fate. There, she recalls her pregnancy ritual in this temple of Caldrogo's vow to conquer Westeros. She accuses the calls of being unsuited to leading the Dothraki due to their lack of ambition and says that she will lead them when Cal Morrill and the other Cal's threaten to gang rape her. Boy, a lot of gang rape talk in this episode, huh? Quickly, uh, oh, she tips two brazzers onto the straw floor, quickly setting the entire temple on fire and killing the Khals who have been barred inside by Jorah and Dario. The Dothraki witness, Daenerys, emerged from the burning temple, naked but unburned, amazed the Dothraki, along with Jorah and Dario, bow to her. So, um, yeah, pretty wild uh, episode all over the place a little bit. Um, and I think it's leading up to a, what some people have said is maybe the best episode in the entire show, but well, that's for the next one. Right now, for this one, I have brought back one of my favorite people to talk to as we dive into philosophy and ideas of leadership and whatnot. We have Max Cats are back with the show. Max, what's going on? Hello, sir. It's been a minute. It's been a minute, yeah. yeah. How are you? I'm good, man. Yeah, it's been... We, we have a lot to catch up on, I feel like. Um, I think so. And not that that necessarily needs to happen in, in podcast format, but I'm sure some of that will... I'm sure some of it will come up. Will come up, yeah. So, Fantastic. Everything good on your end? It's good. I mean, yeah, you know, the big thing is just I I finished uh, my master's degree just last Saturday. So that's just just a week ago. One week ago. Yeah. And you I believe you you partook in the in the survey. So Mm -hmm, I did. Um, But yeah, so that paper is is done and submitted and will be published by the school and everything. And yeah, that's that's fantastic. 13 months it took to go A to Z on that thing. So. Oh my goodness, dude! Congratulations. That shows a lot of discipline, and hard work. Does blistering pace? Let's <laughs> <laughs> so. reward you by having you talk about Game of Thrones on my podcast. I, you know, really, just between uh, me and you and your listener, um, <laughs> the main reason I got the master's degree in human behavior was to analyze Game of Thrones characters. You know, yeah, so, man. See, um, this is look at. Look at what platform I'm giving you right now. Yeah, so this is it. So, but no, that's the big news. Otherwise, we're good. Um, our, you know, our kids had COVID over Christmas, which kind of sucked, but virtually yeah. zero symptoms. So, we yeah, this... just got a little home time. It wasn't actually all that bad. So, <laughs> sure, sure. It's, it's like, that's uh, been a lot of people like. Well, it's just I guess just hang out for five days at home now and like yeah, in between the two because one of them got it and then the other got it. So we were home for like. I don't know, yeah. 11, 11 days or something. And and it was yeah. like right between Christmas and New Year's. So, yeah. Um, but yeah. Logan Logan got it too, right? He did. Yeah. He got it right 
right after i think or... yeah because we were we were supposed to hang out uh and then the day we were supposed to hang out he was unable to he said up uh, got the rona can't we gotta do it virtually tonight and i'm like oh that's a bummer yeah it is so but yeah oddly enough my wife and i were trapped in the house with those kids and never never got it and we tested every three days or so mm. and uh, I, don't, I don't know how that works but yeah otherwise, you guys are strong healthy and happy and, and living life so how's Dude, your that's how's great. your clan doing you guys doing okay we're doing good here. I don't know how uh, I, all those silly memes of like, or the little short videos of people saying like how they're dodging COVID, you know, like, like oh, yeah. you're in the matrix and stuff like that. It hasn't, hasn't hit us yet. So, uh, or it hit us and we didn't get sick or test for it. And we don't know that it did. That, that might be a more likely scenario. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure. So I, you know, as you know, I work at an international airport. So I think back in February of 20, I had it. Sure. Um, so between that and then getting both vaccines and the booster, I feel like uh, <laughs> you're pretty strong. I think I'll be okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But you know, what's crazy is one the listener I have, one of the listeners I have one of the, ten, uh, her name's Danielle shouts to Danielle, her husband, Jake just has an affinity for this virus. Oh, he, man. he got it, then got double vaxxed and then got the booster and then got it again. And mm-hmm. it's like, <laughs> you just love COVID. What's the deal? He's made so for it. yeah, made for it. he's so annoyed. He's like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, that's too. Were his symptoms bad, or was did he make it through okay? Uh, his first time around, his symptoms symptoms were not good at all. Yeah. Um, second time around, it was better. Body was like, oh, we beat this before. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I always yeah. kind of focus on is like, how did it? How did you cope with it? You know, because you're gonna get it or you're not gonna get it. Whatever. That's not much really worth arguing about there, but if you do get yeah. it and it's, it goes okay for you, then that's good news all around. That's good news all around for yeah. sure. I agree. Yeah. Well, let's, let's jump into this thing. Dude, I let's, let's like jump in. This is a pretty good episode considering I didn't pick this one. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. You did. I thought, I think so too. And the episode that you called is coming up. You called season seven episode two. So we're getting closer to that one. Come on. Let's do it. Come on. Let's do come it. On. Well, let's the, go. So this one, the book of stranger, I don't really, a lot of times the title doesn't make sense to me. And then I'll watch the show. I'm like, Oh, that's what the title means. Or I still won't get it, but I'll read the Wikipedia recap. And then I'll get, I still, I've done all those things. I don't understand the book of stranger. Maybe you can enlighten me when we get there um, of what that might be, but it starts out with um, John leaving the watch. So yeah, John's not dead anymore. (laughs) Yeah. That's, I don't know. Kind of a dirty move in my opinion. For sure. <laughs> You're For like, sure. okay, cool. Like I was like, yeah, John can die. Everybody else dies. Why not Jon Snow? That's you know, Kit can probably move yeah. on to being bigger and better things but then he came back and you're like okay this is a dirty trick <laughs> I, dirty trick um and it has some merit like they did set it up where you know they taught like in seasons two or three when Arya was traveling around with that group um that guy was brought back to life multiple times so it's not like it was invented out of thin air correct so that's good like a complaint i have with the harry potter uh series like one of my little like i have so little complaints but because the whole, all seven books are so well thought out. But at the very beginning, in the chapter one of the first book, uh, Dumbledore's walking around with, which is called a put outer, um, you know, taking the light from the light pings. And then in book seven, he gifts it back to, to Ron, is called, but it's called the Deluminator. And so I think, so I think JK didn't think it was going to be anything important. And then around like book five or six was like, oh, Ron needs to have a role. All right, he's going to get this tool from, and it can't be called the put outer. You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah. so she changed the name, the, which is such a bad name from the jump. 
Uh, so she changed it to the Deluminator. But that's one of those things where it felt like, okay, she changed it to make it better. This at least, this, because I, I love that you said a, dir- a dirty trick. Like, okay, oh, so what? Just anything goes. But at least some there was some precedence for this setup. So it's not as dirty as, because at first I was angry. And then uh, when I thought about it and talked about it with some people, I'm like, okay, I guess it's it's okay. It felt right. a little. It felt a little Marvel to me. <laughs> yeah, a little Marvel, right? Uh, actually, die. It's okay. Yeah, and not in an Uncle Ben kind of way. <laughs> <laughs> the only one that doesn't. Come back. Yeah, like that. yeah, like all the rest Dude, of them. So. All the rest of them come back. Yeah, very Marvel. Uh, but he's really conflicted, and uh, and I'm thinking about at first when he's like, "My watch is done," and he's ready to bounce after episode three. I'm like, wait you just got resurrected. Shouldn't now be your time to like, I am the guy like, but in true John fashion, which I think is great. He's like, I literally, I fulfilled my duty to my yeah. death. Yeah. <laughs> like, and then figuratively of like, I was uh, mur- m- like, what kind of leader was I, if I was murdered, if I, there was a mutiny of like four people to murder me, like, no, I'm not fit. To, I'm not fit to lead where they're like said, um, no, there was like four outcasts that, like where it didn't like you, like you have the support of everyone, but I get John's confliction, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, if I were in a similar position, I'd be like, well, gosh, that what a nightmare to be sent up, you know, or to volunteer for the night watch. <laughs> like what a stupid plan. Yeah. And then to have a way out, you're like, Oh, thank God. Like I died. <laughs> and so now I'm, I can go home. <laughs> I, can go home. <laughs> I did exactly what I said I was going to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> as far as like a divorce from the wall, you know, that's pretty clean. That's pretty clean. <laughs> it's as clean as it can get. Yeah, him and the wall did not. Him and the Night Watch did not have any kids together. No dogs. They never bought a house. It was a pretty, For pretty sure. clean split. The contract <laughs> so. was set up, and he fulfilled the contract, and right. now he's done. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, he he should get out of there. That's yeah. He was always meant for more than that anyway. He's way he's meant for way more. I agree. I'm I'm can't see what happens, especially because as the as it continues to unfold, Sansa shows up with Bria, and I'm like, yes, this is fantastic. And I like how Sansa is like kind of owning up for her shittiness at the beginning of the show, or just you know, she's like, I was awful to you when we were younger. It's clear that she's grown and see and you know and and then. When she said we were going to go take it back, I thought, yeah, John, that's going to be your new mission. And John said, no, I have done too much fighting. I'm like, well, then I thought, yeah, he has. Maybe he just wants to relax. Like Washington had to be coaxed into being president because he was like, guys, I'm done. Okay, I fought in the Seven Wars Army. I led the American Revolution. Saw so many people die. I just want to go to Mount Vernon and chill. And like, no, 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 we need you to be president now, bro. And like they, they like had to convince him to do it, you know. And, and here's the other thing I want to say. I've said this before, and it, you don't like it. <laughs> you have yeah, to do this. You have to do this whole thing over again. Because <laughs> there's so much stuff I want to talk about with you, about the words that just came out of your mouth. And, uh, and I can't, because it's about future stuff. So you know, I need, so at least, here's what I'll say. If you're not going to do every episode a second time, which is what you should do, um, <laughs> you should at least have each listener come back and like get to you know talk about past stuff and not have the uh restraints that sounds on, that sounds I mean yeah that sounds way more doable let's let's take off the handcuffs and let's do it right so but no you're on the right track your thinking is clean and uh yeah i'm yeah. excited to look back on it someday so okay that's great and we're getting there yeah um and uh something i talked about with my last couple guests is the red woman just being able to just switch her allegiance. Like, uh, like she was so all, all in with Stannis and then like, you know, backs out. 
and now she, and now she's all in on you know snow and it makes sense he came back from the dead but that was like um what like what about stannis like just kind of calls her out of bullshit like oh it's pretty easy to like jump the bandwagon from you know whatever you want to do and 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 cite whatever bs you want to cite to do it you know like i can't stand this red woman at all even though she brought back john i can't stand her i hate her and super hot i, I mean yes yep, she's yep, beautiful that's, that's, <laughs> we'll take that yeah, we I think we've agreed on that in the past. She is very stunning. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, she does. And I mean, that you know, that's yeah, I think that would kind of drive certain cultures bananas to see that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Like certainly our culture, we we're you know, we're a pretty dedicated group. You know what I mean? We like to stick to our guns and, and, and she's not that. So, right. Well, and people are sticking to their guns even more. So now and like, you know, with the whole pandemic and everything, you have you have the people, you know, that are like, like, ah, uh, this, we need to be like almost masked up all the way all the time. And like, they're not like seeing that, like the situation's changed. And then you have the people that are still saying like, this was a hoax cooked up by Democrats. Like, what are you guys both talking yeah, about here? Both, yeah. Uh, <laughs> this is very, an evolved thing. <laughs> yeah. So we're polarized, which is one thing, but we're also dedicated. You know what I mean? We're so, dedicated. Right. Yeah. And, and whether you're dedicated to wearing a mask or dedicated to thinking it's a hoax, dedication runs strong in our culture. So I imagine it, and a I, lot I, of people were super irritated by by the red woman's behavior. yeah so absolutely yeah um then so then we switch over to see the little robin who's awful at archery no surprise there and then baelish shows up like we haven't seen him in a while and he's doing his normal baelish shit of first this lord royce guy who i don't know who he is i don't think he's ever showed up until now the big guy with the big metal yeah yeah, yeah. yeah we've seen him a few times and you'll have we we'll, we'll see him some more yeah he's always one of those guys that's around for just around meetings and stuff or whatever right um but yeah the robin kid is just the worst and he's um turd. and baelish i just love baelish he he's so entertaining <laughs> he's such a he good is. actor just his character is just such yes. a wild card i'm like they should if they're gonna do a spinoff i would totally go for a baelish spinoff that would be, they could do a spinoff on all these guys they could that honestly like i so real quick i don't want to get too far off track but so when i was between my bachelor's and my master's i had like three months off during the holidays of 2020 it was the end of 2020 yeah and that's when i watched all of these that's when you and right. i met and and i literally I'm like course of like three months i binged like all eight seasons and had never seen an episode before fall of 2020 mm-hmm. um getting back into it today and having watched a bunch of you know not that much tv because i've been doing school but having watched other episodes and stuff you know i've watched Reacher and Snowpiercer recently and and you're like these are this is just a really good cast (laughs) (laughs) you for sure like you see Jorah and you're like oh this guy you know and Baelish and you're like this is just really all-star stuff I mean it's all I'm going through reading my Wikipedia recap and someone some are longer than others and this one was really long because they hit like all the characters like we Mm. saw a little bit of everybody you just was like man there are so many freaking characters in this show to like juggle these storylines yeah I mean, even, you know, just, I mean, just Peter Dinklage. I mean, you like, oh my God, what the a guy's heavy a, hitter. Uh, it's so, it's so, like, I would like to say, like, he's a, like, he's a titan in the show, which is ironic, is. obviously, for, you know, his size and stature, but he is, he's massive <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what, of what true. he's able to do. And then you have, um, you know, to kind of parallel that, you have, uh, what's her name? Hannah John Cammon, who a lot of people probably don't know. She was the, Darth Raki girl that kind of helped out uh, Daenerys um, 
but she has been really like kind of the opposite of Dinklage. She's kind of starting to get typecasted in a way where she, you know, she was like ghost in Ant-Man and the Wasp. She was uh, the bad girl in Ready Player One. Um, really? Yeah. So this I saw her pop up and I'm like, what a great actress. But now that I think about it, she's kind of getting pigeonholed a little bit. Mm. Um, but yeah, as I was watching this show compared to, you know, Reacher and some of these other shows that are big right now. Um, yeah. I'm like, what a talented you know cast so yeah anyway they, that's kind of a sidebar but that's that's fine they knocked it out of the park with the cast i agree and baelish is here doing baelish things right just like mm. he's he's manipulating first he, he blackmails royce saying like how did this happen you know um i think that you were the only one that knew it whether that was true or not i don't know he's, <laughs> yeah, well, <it> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and, right and then he's like talking to you know and then he's and then he's like saying to robin like oh your cousin's in trouble you know He's like, yeah, let's go save her. He goes, yep, let's go. And I'm like, is, yeah. and this doesn't bother me because I've just, I've grown, I have such a hatred growing for Ramsey that just continues to build after every oh. episode. It's like, all right, the veil is going to go mess shit up down there. That's fantastic. Let's go. Like yeah, Ramsey you know where it's, this uh, is headed. You can already see that the night watch and the wildlings the, and the veil. And, and now the veil is like, okay, <laughs> so. right. I mean, and it's giving me all like I'm fanboying. Like this is why I love the Avengers so much. It's like you get all these storylines that come together. We got to defeat Thanos. It's like yeah, Ramsey is like a way worse version of Thanos that I can't wait to see be brought down. Right, it's gonna take yeah. everybody to do it. And everybody, and, you know, there's no like, oh, we like Ramsey. Like everybody hates Ramsey. Everybody <laughs> hates Ramsey. Yeah, me and, too. Yeah, me too. I also uh, <laughs> dislike the man. So good acting. Um, yeah, yeah. Good at yeah, absolutely. He's terrifying. Yeah, so, if you saw him in real life, you might have to punch him, and he'd be like, "I get it." And be like, "No, that's a compliment to your acting methods." But correct. Nonetheless, <laughs> it's so uh, funny. Like, uh, I know some people who have uh, who don't like Val Kilmer, and it's like, "Why do you don't like Val Kilmer?" I'm like, well, he was so when he was in Tombstone and he played Doc Holliday, he was just so like grimy and weird. I'm like, isn't that good? So yeah. he did his job. <laughs> like mm-hmm. he's, he did his job so well that you dislike him because oh, yeah. he played like, and yeah. that would, that would be how I feel about Ramsey. And it's interesting. Um, I guess the guy who played uh, Draco, um, Tom Felton is just beloved. Like everyone's like, he is the nicest person on yeah. set. The most amazing person. Like, yeah, but he's Draco. <laughs> a little bitch. Too. Yeah. Everybody hates that guy too. But this yeah. again, he just did a good job. So he did a good he job. Gets, he gets punched in real life at the grocery store. <laughs> That's his reward. <laughs> That's his reward. <laughs> <laughs> Screw you, man. Get out of hey, here. <laughs> you get to wear that black eye with a badge of honor. I'm like, yeah, all right. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate your support. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. So then, yeah. So then we move on to the Titan Tyrion, uh, yes. representing the diplomatic approach. And I love you know, everything I just could write down his whole speech and recite it. Like everything he says is always steeped in logic and thoughtfulness. I'm, I'm not going to repeat all of it. One thing I liked is when, when he's like, you can make a lot of money without slavery. I grew up in the wealthiest family and there were no slaves. Yeah. And, um, and then just from a fun aside, like why does Tyrion pick seven years? Why not five? Why not 10? Like, was there significance to seven? Yeah, I don't know. The, the Bible, you know, it could be a biblical reference. I thought it was a biblical. I thought yeah. that was my first thought. It was a biblical reference or something like that. So, and I love how, so I feel like Tyrion, just with everything, the way he was born and everything he's experienced in life, he just takes the world as it is. Like, he's just yeah, like, absolutely. You're not going to be- beat this. <laughs> like, yeah. I can't fix this all today. You know what I mean? But I can set it on the right trajectory, you know? Exactly. So, I can okay. set and, and they, and they, and uh, Masande and, and Grey Worm, like, say, like, they, these guys don't look at you like they, and they don't look at us like human. And he's, 
He's like, yeah, they don't look at me as human either. Like yeah. I don't. And I think that's what's, it's funny because he's right. He knows how the world views him. And so he views the world that way as well. But I also think Grey Worm is right that I don't think that this diplomatic approach is going to work with these slavers, even though it makes sense. I just, I believe yeah. Graham that that is like, we shouldn't trust them. This is not going to work. So that'll be interesting to see how this goes. Yeah. And I, I feel like I've seen kind of a, like in life, a hidden truth about trajectory. And I feel like Tyrion, I, I think he and I are on the same page in that regard. Like he's like, he, I don't have to beat him today. Like all I have to do is yes. set the arrow on the right track. You know what I mean? Uh, yes. He plays so, the long, he understands. Have you uh, heard of the, of uh, Simon Sinek's book, the infinite game? I know Simon Sinek. We talked about him before, but I have not read his books. I should. Um, He's fantastic. The, so. Yeah, The Infinite Game is a pretty short read. Um, now that you finished, it might be one of the first things you might want to read because that's it's the premise of the long idea of understanding that things aren't one. You know, bit like he really focuses on the model of business, but he uses a ton of other examples of like why we lost the Vietnam War is because we were there to try to win, and Vietnam was just trying to survive. Like they would have done the war for thirty years. Yeah, you know, yeah. uh, and, and he has a ton of examples of just not of people not understanding what like when they think it's a win lose situation instead of like no this is an infinite situation. There's not going to be a loser to this because new players pop up, new rules show up, and it's so many great examples of blockbuster not um, wanting to get rid of their late fees because it accounted for you know like ten percent of sure. their profit, and they weren't concerned about Netflix. And Netflix just showed up and said, "All right." And now Bye. there's one. Yeah. And there's, you know, so many, so many people are so worried about the competition that's around them. They don't, un they don't understand that new competition is going to come up and change the rules to stuff. And so yeah. it's a really fascinating, it's a really fascinating book. And so, yeah, Tyrion does play the infinite game. He's like, okay, yeah, I don't need to win today. Like that's yeah. not the goal. It's not like there's no winning or losing today. It's, it's setting, I like that setting the area on air on the right trajectory. That's good. Yeah. And if I were like a teacher or something, I'd tell my students that I'd be like, look, you want to, pay off a car or get a master's degree or defeat slavers. Like it's the same recipe. It's, yeah. <laughs> you know, all you got to do is just start and not quit. <laughs> start and not quit. Yes. Yeah. You'll get there. I, I often tell my students all the time, like fail, the word fail stands for first attempt in learning. Yeah. And kids don't under, kids need to understand. It doesn't matter like when you get there, it matters if you get there, you know, yep. that's, the, that's the huge paradigm that I'm trying to break off kids of like, they think if they don't get it the first time that they, that they're, that they're, that they're stupid and dumb and, and can't do something. And it's like, it just means you didn't do it like this one time. And that's a product of them growing up in this instant gratification of everything of like, they get, think about us and like how much we appreciate phones and how quickly we get to the internet because we struggled through the days when it was dial up and we waited for 15 minutes to get online. You know what I mean? It was the worst. It barely yeah. counts as the internet anymore. So. Right. Absolutely. And, yeah. but kids today, like I, you know, my class that's 10 and 11 year old kids, they only know like, Oh, I'm going to, they have their own Chromebook that they open up and it boots up and they're immediately online doing stuff within like a matter of seconds. Yeah. So it makes, it may, it's not necessarily their fault that they don't have that grit because of their surroundings. So it's like, how do we need to change how we're teaching? You know, it's like, we, I've, I've kind of taken the approach and this has really gone off the rails. Sorry, but it, but it's all kind of the same thing. I'm good for but, it. Honestly, we're not here to talk about a TV show. We're here to talk about life. So let's, ideas, me, I, bro. let's have it. Right. right. <laughs> uh, I've, I've kind of changed the paradigm of the class where it's like, I don't care about reading, writing or math. We, we do that every day, but my mission every day is to build um, like resiliency and to build a, you know, vulnerability with these kids where they feel okay with saying, yep, I didn't get it. And now what's next where it's, that that should be almost more 
first and foremost, because information is so widespread anywhere. Like you can Google or YouTube anything and how to do anything. You know, teachers aren't the gatekeepers anymore. Like information is a click away. What teachers need to be now more like school needs to, I think, undergo a huge paradigm shift where it needs to really be more about emotional learning and, and how do you deal with these things and how do you have a critical thinking idea you know, how do you work through a problem instead of just like, well, I did, this didn't work. And it's like, okay, how do you find a new angle for that problem? It's not necessarily should be about me giving people information. Does that, is what I'm saying make sense? It does. Yeah. And I, and I feel like, you know, collaboration and, and like cheating might be becoming a, a thing. That's not a thing anymore. Like you can't cheat, man. If you get it, you got it. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. yeah it's like, <laughs> we measure results now. So yeah. Well, yeah, anyway. it, it is interesting. if like, that, that's another thing that's talking about, like open note tests, you sure. know, people are like, well, why do you need to know this information? Like, well, why should I, if I can go look, search it up at the drop of a hat, it's not yeah. like I need to, I don't need to memorize this anymore. I need to be able to access the information and then synthesize my thoughts, which is a way more complicated skill. Sure. So maybe open notes is not the worst idea. If you get a good original thought out of them using other people's information. Right. I mean, you got to use citations and all that, but, uh, yeah, Absolutely. yeah you got Yeah. As long as you cite, yeah. As long as you cite it credibly. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Well, and I think, you know, like your teacher as a kid saying, well, you won't always have a calculator in your pocket. Like, well, now right. we do. So now we do. Right. Let's, let's not learn, you know, math tables. Let's focus on formulaic math. You know what I mean? That's probably a little more valuable to focus on that. So it is. And that, and that, yeah. and to, to the curriculum of math these days, it is way more about that of, you know, instead of telling kids memorize 12 times 12 is one four four, which I didn't, I'll be the first to admit, I didn't understand what the number 144 represented. It was that I saw 12 and 12 and I memorized the next number that should follow is 144. Yeah. I had no idea that 12, 12 was made that number. Right. But now it's like, Hey, we teach the kids distributive properties, which I didn't even hear the word distributive until like seventh or eighth grade. And with my fifth grade class, I'm like, all right, you have, uh, 12 times 10. We'll take one of the 12s and break it into 10 and two. Now do 10 times 12 and do two times 12 and add those together. Like you said, formulate. formulate the of, yeah. It's going to yeah. be way more valuable than memorizing. So. Way more valuable than memorizing, which yeah. is thankfully math seems to have understood that concept and is giving kids those tools, but I don't know about other, yeah, other subjects, maybe not. So yeah, I think Tyrion would have been a good math teacher because he would have been <laughs> So what <laughs> we have discerned is that yeah. Tyrion he would, yeah. he gets he gets it. So yeah, I'm with you. All right. Now we move on to Dario. And first he just trolls uh, Jorah a little bit that he's hooked up with Danny and he, and Jorah hasn't yet, which is always kind of funny. And, and he, now this is Ed, Ed screen screens, new character, right? This is the one they recast. Is that the person we're looking at? Yes, this was okay. recast. Um, I don't know the original. The, the original was, I think it was at the end of season three. And then mm -hmm. it's been, and he was only in like a couple episodes. And then this guy has been it for the rest. Yeah, well, he had to go become Deadpool's nemesis. So you know. that's right. That's right. Yeah. That's who that is. That's yep. who that is. Okay. It's Ed Ske Skeeran or not? Skeeran? It's not Ed Sheeran. It's not Ed Sheeran. It's Ed something. S-K-R-E-E-N maybe. I yeah. Can't remember. But yeah, so they recast him, which confuses me every time I go back to this. Because I always think of him as... Well, he's that Ed guy is so defined, like his characteristics yeah. are so sharp. He, yeah. He's a very memorable and like this guy is really just a guy. Yeah, you couldn't. Yeah, he has a very unique look. It'd be hard to mimic that with anyone. So they yeah. were just like, ah, well, I guess we'll just throw well, well, random we, in there. <laughs> yeah. We're not going to win. So let's just find some guy. It will be yeah. fine. And he does a good job. He's fine. But yeah, he's, yeah, he's good enough. But one question I had is how long until Jorah is overtaken by this grayscale thing? You know? 
Yeah, this you're gonna have to put a pin in that. We're gonna have to talk to it on round two because that yeah becomes a storyline and we just can't talk about it yet. <laughs> no, it, it seems to slowly be happening. You know, it's like almost <laughs> at the convenience of the story. Like, oh, he's not. He's got just enough time to do exactly what he needs, and then the gray scale. Like, it seems like. Well, shouldn't the grayscale just take you over right away? Like, why does that move? So I don't know. I'm, I'm not an expert in grayscale theory. Uh, yeah, but... we'll, we'll get more. We'll talk more about it. You'll learn more okay, about well... it. And it's, it's cool. I mean, it's a cool, it's a cool sound aside subline. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll put a pit in that. Um, put a pit in it. And then I wrote an, oh, good thing Dario kept his knife because it saved Jorah there. Yeah, what and... happened there? Jorah, I'm like, dude, this guy what? is combat central. You'd think he'd. Yeah. But the Dothraki are vicious, dude, and they and Jorah's getting old a little long in the tooth. True. Yeah, Jorah's way and to Jorah's credit, he's way better with a sword. He is very well trained with the sword. But I would have thought, I mean, I've seen him do some like wrist yeah. grab kind of moves, even with a sword in his hand. It seems like sure. I expected more. That's all. Or just rub the grayscale on his face. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, dude, you got the grayscale. Use it, dude. <laughs> Use it. Yes. I like when the guy moves out of the way of the sand in the eye. That's like. That's I funny. Hope He's to like, use what? that move someday where someone throws sand at me and I'm like, nope. No. <laughs> you hope to be in a brutal fist fight with somebody and they think throwing the sand in the face yeah. and if I'm ever fighting someone and there's sand and dirt around, I'm gonna be looking for that move. So yeah, that's thanks, good. Random Dothraki dude. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> and then you know they they meet up with Danny and they're like, let's get out of here. And like, no, we'll never get out of here. And and I agree with both. Joel's like, well, we gotta try. And Danny's like, no. It's not going to work. I have a plan. And I wrote down, you know, I wonder what is her plan to get out. Like, how are you going to escape this? And then, you know, we get to the end of the episode, which we'll talk about. But it turns yeah. out a plan was a pretty good one. Pretty damn good plan. I would put this as far as her character. I, I kind of see like up to this point, three big moves that she's made. You know, she had the like handing over the dragon thing that burned the dude, which was pretty dope. And that's how she, mm-hmm. got, you know, the what's that army called? Um, the Unsullied. Un- Unsullied. Yeah. Right. Um, that was awesome. And she had another one too. Oh, when she like threw all the chains at the wall. <laughs> you know oh yeah, I mean? yeah, like, yeah, one yeah. Over the city. I'm like, this chick knows how to make big moves, and I love that. And so when as soon as she said, "I have a plan," I was like, "All right, Bakker, you done uh, me right. This is <laughs> yeah. I, re- right. I remember this episode now, and and I know what's coming. And you know what's coming. So that's <laughs> <good>. <laughs> yeah. All so, right, yeah. So we'll get there at the end. But um, so then we because then we transition quickly to Marjorie meeting with the High Sparrow, right? And we get a little backstory of the high sparrow. How he used to be, you know, a little greedy and whatnot, which I always like a little backstory. And so then they send Marjorie to talk with Loris and, and Loris is breaking. He's not doing well. And so I'm wondering what's going to happen here with these guys. Cause. And it just gets so out of hand with the high sparrow so fast. <laughs> like you're just like, you know, like rest when you think it couldn't get any more chaotic and weird, like just, he just takes it to the next level every time. And so. uh, there's something so unique. I've talked about this with a couple other people of just how do you deal with a man whose principles are so high that he is not afraid of death. He just accepts that he is going to die and that's going to be part of the plan that mo- and the movement. And when that time comes, it'll come. So you can't bully this guy, you know, mm-hmm. and more and, great acting. I mean, like pirates oh, of yeah. the Caribbean is where I, yeah. dude. you know what I mean? Exactly, and I yep. hate him then and I hate him just as much. Now. <laughs> I don't necessarily, I don't hate him that much to be honest. Yeah. I, I crazy. But you do I, lay hands on Marjorie, you know. We aren't friends. I like her. So. Uh, um, true, true. Yeah. But I like what he represents more is, is he represents an idea, right? That's that you can break down 
if you get enough people to believe in what you believe, which again goes to Simon Sinek, starting with your why, then mm-hmm. you can you can break you can break down a high establishment because that's held up by you know false pillars, right? If you get enough people like we are the sure. many, they, you are the few. I like that idea of what he represents, not necessarily him. And again, sounds like another punchable guy for you. Like you, yeah, you just, just get to punch yeah. so many uh, celebrities, I which do, is great. Yeah. And it's nothing personal. Any celebrity who, who's probably not listening to this podcast, if I punch you, it's a compliment to your acting <laughs> <It's> a, <method. laughs> Um And here's the other thing I was thinking as you were dealing with this High Sparrow guy, you know, I'm like, either of the other two Baratheons would have been such a better choice. <laughs> like, I'm, I don't know why that came to mind, but I was just thinking like, this guy is perfectly tuned to like Cersei's nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> yes you know what i mean like i feel like if if uh renly or stannis had gotten the iron throne or whatever they call it you know the mm-hmm. i think it would have been a very different story you know what i mean That's better you know what i mean and they maybe could have even cohabitated with this guy but you know I'm, I'm sure i'm sure they yeah. could have yes yeah. cersei yeah. is an uh, uh has illegitimate children with her brother Mm-hmm. Um, she's the perfect person to be like, to break down. Like you are not as noble as you think you are type thing. Right. He, they, I mean, they're like and, born opposites. <laughs> yes. Two. Yeah. And she's so. completely crazy too. So you can predict on her craziness of just, he's pretty crazy too. Don't you think? I don't know the religion that he follows, but I mean, he seems to, it's the seven, it's the light of old seven, right. Or whatever. And yeah. And I was going to say, I think he actually, they talk about the book of the stranger. Maggie quotes is, it when she's talking. Okay, to is yeah, okay, so. is that okay? That's where this yeah. comes. Okay, nailed yeah. it. But he um, certainly I, seems to run a pretty hard slant <laughs> on the. I intense, don't think he's right, I mean, but I don't think he's crazy because because he's predictable. Uh, you know maybe. exactly what yeah. he's going to do. It's if if it sides on righteousness, he's going to do it. Like it doesn't like. But dude, you know, when you first met this guy, you did not know he was going to be like kidnapping the queen and like marching no. people around naked and like he really he i took, liked him more at first i was like he's yeah, very humble he, he took what he was given and he took it to the extreme that's my point point. So. and now i wondered too maybe is it more of a power play of like he he kind of wants some power for himself and he's masking it as i'm just doing the lord of the lights work you know um but yeah, maybe well, there's an agenda that he might want some more power as well so i'm kind of on the lookout for that I imagine that also parallels our own culture and religion. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> all yeah. too familiar ways. <laughs> all too familiar ways of yeah. But anyway, he is an interesting cat, and uh, yeah, I, I find him to be unpredictable. That's my opinion. But that's if I look at him kind of as a whole. Now that we kind of know him a little, I I kind of do know what to expect from him. But for sure, um, for sure, yeah. I'm still I'm still learning. All right. Yeah. Then we switch to Master Pickle trying to get in Tommen's ear, which I always think is interesting and. Uh, Tommen has been talking with the High Sparrow and Jamie and Cersei are hatching a plan with the Tyrells. And so she up, <laughs> yeah, that's like that's what I first called him. And that was cool. Yeah, I think you know or something, isn't it? Right? This is what yeah, but pickle is way better. And it's and it's Maester too, but I just like Master. Master Pickle. This seems pickle. weird to me. Yeah. But he's so shit's about to hit the fan there because then they meet with, you know, they meet with uh with Olena and and Lancel's dad or whatever, and like, let's get this done. And, and who is he, the hand? Sorry, I I need to ask you that because I don't yeah, remember the I, king. Who is he? I can't remember. I only know from reading the Wikipedia recap, but it's like Lancel's father. Hmm. So was, and so Lancel wasn't she a cousin to Jamie and them? So would that be would that be there? Would that be um? So it was just someone that they knew they could control, and yeah, and yeah. wouldn't that be okay. uh, who, um? 
Tywin's brother, maybe, right? Maybe. Yeah, maybe. I didn't. I was like, I thought. Yeah. Anyway, but. Yeah. Yeah. So then, the same way that you've got the uh, the North War brewing, you've now got this like religious this... versus whatever. Yeah, power. Mom. Yeah. <laughs> brewing also, and you're like, okay. Okay. So mix it around in the pot and get this. We're going. really, yeah, we're really getting mixed up. Um, not much to say philosophically. It's just the chess pieces are moving. You get a better chess piece moving episode. Yes. Like, I feel yeah. like all your other episodes, it's more of like opening moves. Yep. Now we're into like setting up for the kill moves, right? Yes. Yeah. It gets, so, we got stuff happening now. So. Yeah. Um, and then we get Theon getting back to Pike and it's such a great scene between him and his sister. And, and, I, I feel bad that, you know, he shows up like the timing couldn't be worse because obviously oh, yeah. we as the we as the viewer know he's not there to try to take it. He could he does which he's like, What do you want? I just wanted him to be like, I wanna sleep. That's it. I <laughs> Maybe don't... a shave and a bath. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I wanna not be fucking tortured. I want to eat some food. I wanna just be left alone. That's all I want. But you know, yeah. he says a good answer too of saying, like, I want you to rule the Iron Islands. Like, okay, that's good. But I I would just love it <laughs> just more honesty. Like, I want nothing okay i want a nothing. beer yeah that's what i want to do okay <laughs> i don't want any of this Islands, nonsense man what a rough place to live <laughs> like it just every oh, time dude, you're just there, rain like, pounding rain all wet, the time cold, wet gross, cold like, all the time yeah who would argue like oh i want to rule it like dude it's yours <laughs> yeah <laughs> you can have you can have it yeah i'll be yeah, a slave just, in westeros or something and just <laughs> let me out of here yeah so, so then we get to uh ramsey with um Osha is her name. I call her Tonks because that's the actress that plays Tonks in the Harry Potter cinematic universe. I did not but, know that. I only know her yeah. from Fast and the Furious or whatever. So. What is she in Fast and Furious? She's Ramsey. Isn't that what you just called her? <laughs> but no, Osha. Osha. No, I mean, in the Fast and Furious movies, she's the one with the, um, the God's Eye and stuff. Um, I don't. You yeah, know what? I, her I mean, name, but I yeah, haven't she... watched any Fast and Furious after Tokyo Drift, so. Oh, okay. Well, she's in one of them, and she's okay. great. I mean, of course, you're like great actress. She's a good actress. Yeah, she's yeah. awesome. So, and I just got really excited for a second, like you know, when he put the knife down and she she mounts him, and I think, oh, she's gonna, she's this is where he gets it, and then of course, like why? No, Ramsey always has a ace up his sleeve, and he knew what she was gonna do, and then. And then in the most brutal way, not only does he stab her, then he wipes off the knife and peels the apple and eats it like this guy. He's bad. Okay. I know what you're saying. Okay. So Ramsey, Ramsey, the dude, Ramsey Bolton, I'm saying, uh, what's Daenerys's right hand girl. Um, oh, Masandi. Masandi is, is, is Ramsey in the fast and furious. Oh, That's her name I mean. is Ramsey in the her fast and furious. Ramsey, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> so okay. Like, okay. Which okay. Ramsey are we talking about? But now I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. No, we're with, yeah, go ahead. Ramsey Bolton. And uh, yeah. the girl that he kills is from Harry Potter. Yes, she's Tonks. Okay, yeah, I didn't know that, but yeah. she sure is dead now. <laughs> she's, uh, that was quick. I thought, yeah, I thought that she was going to get him and nope, he yeah. got her and then ate the apple. And one thing I noticed too, when he was peeling the apple, and I don't know if this was intentional or just because of the lighting or maybe both, but the apple popped. It was green. Does that symbolize anything? You know, did you notice that? Like, that's a very green apple in that very dark room. It was very noticeable. I was noticeable. Just noticing how much trouble he was having cutting through it. That's what I was just mm. like. I don't know if you've ever skinned an apple with a knife, but it's not that hard. Maybe his knife oh. is just super hard, like old, and 
yeah but i was like he sure seems to be working on that and i was like i wonder if it's just a crappy set piece or it's funny normally i'm over normally i'm doing that analyzing of like this is stupid this is this time i'm actually like oh what's the green represent is it is it rebirth is it new energy and you're like no bro he just can't cut a fucking apple like oh okay (laughs) it's nothing to read maybe a snow white thing or something in there but i don't Mm, don't mm. think of anything else Um, sure but yeah she sure had a plan and i was like she's pretty She's pretty BA, man. I think if anybody oh, had she was so awesome. If she anyone had that, yeah, she would have. Yeah. So then again, kind of like Jora, I'm like, you had more fight in you than that. Okay, you got stabbed in the neck, but still grab the knife and stab him. Like, (laughs) yeah, you. She doesn't seem the type that would just freeze up, you know. So well, but maybe are we not giving a neck stab wounds their due credit? Maybe that's just uh, there's no coming back from that one. It's not like getting stabbed sneaky, in the arm. Man. That's the thing is like, she's no pedestrian. She's, she's proven herself to be pretty cunning. I think so. I, I totally agree. I just, for whatever reason, I don't think you're giving a stab in the neck more credit. Like how, <laughs> how detrimental that would be. I've never tried it. So I can't right. say for sure, but you probably I, have a good point. I'm anti neck stabbing. So I'm never, yes. I don't think I'll ever try it, but I, but I, I'm going to respect it. Yeah, if I had Ramsey Bolton near me and he stabbed me in the neck, I'm like, I'm gonna be dead in five seconds. I'd be like, that gives me five more seconds to stab uh, this d bag. I <laughs> so, like that. I like yeah. that uh, mindset. I just don't know if your body would. You're probably right. It go with shows, it <laughs> once again. It's just a compliment to good acting. That's all. Yep. Like I hate that guy so much, I could survive a neck stabbing and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you set up a false narrative that could never yeah. happen. Of like, what you could over. It's like when you're eight and you watch Home Alone, and you're like, I could do this. Like, I no, you can't. Yeah, you'd, you'd, <laughs> you'd be dead, just like uh, Harry Potter girl was dead. Yeah, yeah, you, so. yeah, you would just fall and keel over after they would. They would step on some of your Legos and be like, "Ow, that hurt my foot," and shoot you and movie and over. The end of it. Yeah, yeah. True. Anyway, yeah. but yeah, much like you, I was, I was waiting for something. I was like. Yeah, maybe she doesn't kill him, but maybe she cuts off his ear or something. Something, know. yeah. Yeah. Then, uh, then we switch over, and just a funny scene of like Sansa's like the food is terrible, and it's like Sansa, just be grateful that you're not with Joffrey anymore or Ramsay, oh. who's even worse. Yeah, like you, can, the two are you gonna worst co- guys in the whole are you series. right? Are you gonna complain? You're not getting raped anymore. You're gonna complain about the food, you know? And I like that they said we're not known for our food, but I'm just like so. so the, I don't know if it was intentional to show that Sansa still is kind of like, I don't know yeah, what I, the word is. You know, yeah, you have a good point. You're like, dude, you just came from Joffrey and Bolton. right. Like you should be singing. <laughs> yeah. You should be just loving life right now. But how about that letter from Ramsey, uh, which was just very aggressive, but I'm glad that, he, <laughs> but I'm glad that he did it because that is him. That's him poking the bear, right? If he doesn't send that letter, Snow probably doesn't enter the fight and snow is gonna my, my big prediction that I've just came up with uh, yesterday, I think is what I was thinking about is that I know that episode nine of this is called battle of the bastards. And so I Mm. think that's, and I think that's (laughs) going to be snow and Ramsey going after each other. And I just got to believe that that snow wins that one. And, and, and Ramsey's digging his own grave. You know, he's, he's, He's so cocky and arrogant and he has the right to be. He's so far won everything he's done. Um, and, uh, but yeah, I think that's, I think that snow's going to beat the shit out of him. And this, this letter was, uh, was the first, first domino to fall. 
Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a good episode for you. You'll have to text me when you watch that one because I'll, uh, I'll let you know. I'm yeah, pretty excited. It's yeah, it's a fun episode for sure. And Ramsey, I mean, yeah, he <laughs> could you imagine like him becoming the uh, you know. <sighs> Uh, winning the would, whole game <laughs> it would be so awful if ramsey won the game the news. Like, yeah <laughs> it would have been like ramsey won no 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 <laughs> yeah definitely not yeah so, so yeah. and then it just and then it ends beautifully with i uh, it's a old like movie or tv bit to have people speaking in another language around someone who doesn't know that language and then they get to like express that they've been listening the whole time. Yes. And then to see their, all their heads snap, like, Oh, you heard what we were saying, I, but it hits every time for me. I love it. It partially because I have a friend who actually did this in real life and it's Harry Potter themed. So my friend's name is chase. He would dress up as Malfoy when we would go. And so now is the seventh book and he lives in China and he was, and he bought a flight to come back so that he could, uh, get in line with us for the seventh book and do the whole bit and whatnot. And, and we heard from him like the day before, like, yeah, my flight got canceled or something. Like it doesn't look like I'm going to make it. And all of us with such confidence look to each other and go, he's still coming. Like this is one of our friends that just does not take no or obstacles at all. He just makes things work all the time. Like his, his mantra, his quote is often wrong, but never unsure. Oh, good he's, one. He's so sure of himself that he just like, he's so, so we're like, yeah, he'll be here. Like he told us he's not coming and we still have all the most faith that he'll be there. And lo and behold, he's at the airport and he's, you know, he's this six foot two blonde haired, blue eyed, you know, white guy towers over everybody like they, he, but he speaks fluent Mandarin at this point. And the, and he's listening to the stewardess talk about how they're not going to help this American and how like he, he's doesn't know any better. And if he just goes and sits down, it's not going to be a problem. And he lets them talk about him for like five minutes. And then he jumps in and Mandarin like, Hey, I heard everything that you guys are saying. You have room on this flight. You were put me on this flight and they're like, Oh shit. And they put him on the flight and he made it back. <laughs> wow. That's a cool yeah. story. Yeah. Well, that's, Pretty much what uh, Daenerys does. It's pretty much what Daenerys does here. She goes, <laughs> same, hey. Same narrative. Hey, yeah. Hey, dipshits. Um, I was listening to you. Uh, you should let me lead. And like, no, nah, we're going to we're gonna rape you. And she's like, all right, then you're going to burn. Yeah. And, uh, and, and then she, you know, emerges from the flames, uh, which is cool and visually fun for probably half of the uh, audience out that's watching this. Yeah, more um, than half maybe, but yeah. Pro- you're right, probably more than half. Yeah. <laughs> but, and I heard, I don't know if this is true, there's a news article floating around somewhere that like she watched that episode with her family and forgot that it ended. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so for those of you listening at home, you can Google that and fact check me, but uh, it was years ago. Um, yeah, that was but, funny. Uh, it was pretty funny. And, and what a cool move. I mean, like just as cool as when she you know, fake sold one of her dragons or when she mm-hmm. took over well, the entire town. Well, this is how she did it the first time, right? When she got her dragons, she went into the, to the, to the burning, like when she got the Dothraki originally on her side, right? Yeah, that's true. The eggs. Is yeah. The eggs. And she, you know, emerged after that was the end of season one was she emerged with dragons, you know? And that, yeah. Oh, so, so good. You <laughs> yeah, kind of for, I, makes moves. She so. makes moves. And, and now she's got, she's got the Dothraki back on her side. I, I don't know. It's just weird. Cause it's like, everything that she's done so far is like unraveling with the other three cities, but now she's back with the Dothraki. Yeah. It's like, well, what, at some point something's got to have, like some move needs to be made here. I'm, I'm kind of tired of watching her jump around from place to place. Like, are you going to go to Westeros or not? Like, let's make some moves here. Yeah. That's, 
we'll have to catch that in round two as well because there's a lot to talk about there but yeah yeah and the, you know yeah she makes moves and that's a that's a hashtag by the way it's owned by a disc golfer believe it or not but uh making moves hashtag make moves <laughs> hashtag make moves okay they, they call him the uh the tiger woods of disc golf but uh that's his mm. that's his like motto is like make moves like if you are doing something and it's not working like adjust <laughs> try something different uh, yeah, absolutely you know? <laughs> the so, definition of insanity is doing the same yeah. thing and expecting different results right make moves make moves man and that's what she does like she you put her in some impossible scenario where you're like okay she's benched she now is going to live out her life. As a yeah. Yeah. No, that's not good. <laughs> or whatever. And she's like, Nope, I'm going to just go ahead and yeah. change, change that narrative up a little bit. Well, what are you going to do? I'm just going to kill everyone that matters. Leadership <laughs> regime. Wow. <laughs> Which will make me the leader as I right, emerge right. from uh, this fiery pit unharmed. Yeah. And you can imagine that in real life. Okay, buddy, you got done with college. What are you going to try and get a job at Microsoft? Like, no, man, I'm going to, murder bill gates and take over the company hashtag make moves bro okay <laughs> yeah that's a bold strategy let's see how it works out for you cotton <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I want to be a zoologist, so I'm going to go capture a bunch of animals in the wild and make a zoo. Like, man, <laughs> you got that uh, Amelia Clark drive going. Yeah, are you sure you want to do that? Okay, yeah, uh, I mean, I'll watch. I mean, I'm uh, yeah, I'm interested. Yeah. So anyway, um, the next episode is, uh, I guess, a real big banger too. Um, episode five of this one. Um, There's some great visuals in that episode that I'm excited for you to. See, I'll text you. I'm about gonna... the green apple and like how things are, yeah. how people stand and where they're positioned and symbolism. There's some, There's some cool, yeah. yeah. I've had two different people request uh, the next episode, so I know it's good. And then even a friend of mine who doesn't want to participate on any podcast, but he loves that I'm watching it. He's. I told him that I'm on this episode, and he's like, "Oh, we need to watch that together." So, oh, cool. Actually, so I'm really excited that we got to do this because I'm gonna hang up and then drive over to the house and watch it with him. He's so excited to watch. He's like, "This." In his opinion, he says this is the best episode out of the all eight seasons. Oh, I don't episode know. six, That's episode one, five. Red Red Wedding will be always be number one for me. That's sure. Red, yeah, yeah Red Wedding is so. I mean, but I guess you could say it's maybe a top three. Well, yeah, I don't know. Oh, yeah, no, I would. I would definitely give it a top three. Yeah, so I'm pretty excited to go watch it right now. But I don't have any other crazy predictions. I guess I didn't really have any O'Fock moments. I guess OSHA dying, but is it an O'Fock moment when when Ramsey does Ramsey things? It's like, yep, no, that was pretty on par. Yeah. yeah, there was nothing. I mean, the closest one, I guess, was when Sansa and Brienne showed up. I was like, oh, I probably Finally, did. I was like, oh, fuck, yes. Holding your breath for that one. For oh, that was, yeah, that was great to see. So I guess that was my <laughs> O'Fock moment. And yeah. my, pre- my prediction setting up for Battle of the Bastards is going to be just yeah. I John Snow is going to take Ramsey. I hope he takes his dick first and then feeds it to him. That's what I hope he does. That Man, would be I, How long has it been since those Stark kids have been together? <laughs> like when they finally since got back season together, 1, dude. Like, dude. Since man. season 1. Yeah, Man, it's great to see. Slow burn just to get two of them and really oh. one and a half of them back together. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What a, yeah, what a, yeah, she's not, yeah, dude. Um yeah. it's been anyway. a lot. Yeah, so that's great. So, um do you have anything else any other questions or, or observations you think i should be keen on or, or did we wrap it up are we good no i uh you know the question really you're getting close to is do you watch the last season that's the right <laughs> <laughs> honestly i would make a case and you can ask some of your other got friends and listeners i would almost make the case just not to bother <laughs> mm, <laughs> so, just stop at seven you're good yeah there's plenty of oh moments for you there's no shortage of that but 
Yeah. It's, uh, the hard part is that right now it's just, I, I need to watch episode or season eight because I need to see what the controversy is. Right. I got it. Like, that's the bigger thing. It's, I, I'm not so stooped into the lore of Game of Thrones where I want it to remain crystallized. I want to see where the, where the train tracks fell off and why. Right, yeah. I, at the end of 7, I would recommend you just stop calling it that and just can be like, okay, I finished my podcast, everyone. We're done. There's this other weird spinoff thing. <laughs> I'm going to do the Game of Thrones spinoff, which is yeah. season 8. Season 8, and it's, it's you know, it's, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to just watch it with fresh eyes and be like, this has nothing to do with what I know. Of but I know of all these characters yeah, and what exactly. they're doing. So, yeah. I'm, I'm excited to hear about that too. Oh, so. That's great. All right. Yeah. But no, enjoy it. This is a great, we've talked before about some of the seasons being kind of lackluster. There was the writer's strike season and a couple of mm-hmm. where you're kind of like, who cares? <laughs> like, yes. Like let's get very there. compartmentalized and uh, yeah, you're back in the good stuff now. So we're back in the game, baby. Yeah. You're good. So yeah. Thanks for including me. And thanks to the person that listened. Yeah. <laughs> thank you so much for being so giant in the spot I, one of my favorite things about it is i text you and you're like yep we're doing that tomorrow like there's no like oh we'll move some things around it's like oh we're getting this done i love that it's so so helpful no appreciate let's push that. through this man i'm out of school now so i got more time and if you oh right i might bring you on and... with i might bring yeah. you up with more just because the conversation's good I'm, i i tried to get logan in on this one I, I texted him i said hey i'm i'm chatting with your brother do you want to surprise and jump on the chat he's like no <laughs> okay, fine. Screw you. Yeah, no, anytime you want to jump in and I'll give you my uh, my my two cents on the on the matter. It's always good to talk to you and, and be on the show. It's fantastic. Thank you so much. Appreciate you. All right, man. Have a good night. See ya. And we are back being thrown out. This is Baka thrown out. Yeah, Baka thrown out. We are getting Baka thrown out. Yeah.